Welcome to my Can of You podcast. This is Kathy, and I want to remind you to subscribe to my podcast. This is new, and my Can of You is about the cannabis business. As we know, this is a multi-billion dollar business, one of the fastest growing businesses, if not the fastest growing businesses in our country. And um, I'm in Los Angeles, been in the business for now 13 years, and I just want to share with you some information that we may not be giving you or you may not have. So I am first going to start with licensing in the city of LA. We know it's a mess. So in 1996, we have Prop 215, Compassionate Use Act, and now we have Prop 64, which passed and legalized adult use and medical use in 2000, January 2018. So we have some issues with licensing. We had uh, 219 pre-ICOs, which means those were the ones that were supposed to be the only legal shops in the city of LA. As we know, we have had well over, I would say about 2,000 shops. Um, and that's just in LA because you had shops that you didn't even know were there. Those were what we call rogue or the unlicensed shops. So in 2000, January of 2018, the city said, okay, what we're going to do is we're going to transition the licensed shops or the legal shops from 2007, and we're going to move them into the legal space, give them a license, and we will have three different phases. So they gave us phase one, which was the pre-ICOs, phase two, which would be unlicensed cultivators and manufacturers, and phase three, you would have general public that would be able to apply. Now, this also includes something called the social equity program. Well, we know what the war on drugs did, right? What did the war on drugs do? It incarcerated 60% of blacks and browns in our communities, so thanks, big up to the uh, war on drugs. So moving forward, we have licensing. Licensing started January 3rd, 2018. We are well into 11 months. That should have taken 60 days. I personally have been waiting 11 months for licensing. Still haven't gotten it yet, thanks to the city of LA, not knowing what they're doing. Department of Cannabis Regulations, which we call DCR, has, um, they're, they're over this cannabis industry in the city of LA. So let me just go back and explain. So the state has uh, organized a, a bureau called Bureau of Cannabis Control. So we call them BCC. And then the Department of Cannabis Regulations, we call DCR. We have an executive director, which is Kat Packer, black female, 27 years old. She came from Drug Policy Alliance, and she's the head of that department. So they gave us the licensing phases, and we are actually still in phase one. So we have social equity, which allows low-income, convicted felons, and people that live in certain areas, in certain zip codes, uh, to apply and have a license. So let me get, get to the felony part. People seem to think that if you had any type of felony, you can apply for a cannabis business license and you can get it. Not true. You have to have had a felony 
and it could be in California or any state in the country, but it had to be a felony that was a cannabis crime only. So I have gotten phone calls like, hey, Kathy, um, could I have been convicted of a burglary or uh, attempted murder or selling cocaine? No, it has to be a cannabis crime only. So that will allow you to apply and actually obtain your license. Now, let's go to the licensing fees. Uh, in phase two, your licensing fees were, and again, this is for social equity. So we're talking about low income and you had to qualify um, on a low income based program. So your income had to be a certain amount that qualified for state low income fees um, or income. So you have, for each component, so I'll give you the components. We have cultivation, manufacturing, and distribution. And then the other components are retail and testing. And in phase two, you only have those three components that you can apply for. So for each component, it is $11,806. So explain to me how a low-income social equity qualified person can pay that. I don't know because you're looking at uh, $36,000 is what you would have to pay to the city of L.A. So with that said, you do have some people that already did apply under social equity. Now, phase two is social equity also, which again means you had to have low income. You have to qualify under that criteria, which means you had to have been impacted some way by the war on drugs. So we have social equity that started um, August the 1st, 2018. And they gave you up until September the 13th, 2018 at 4 p.m. to apply. So we had a lot of people that did applications. I believe that they have about 600 applications. And I was told the numbers are about 400 people that paid. So we have still some applicants that haven't paid yet. Now, the city has licensing. The state also has licensing. So you have two agencies that are over licensing. BCC, which is the Bureau of Cannabis Control for the state, which is what I told you about. So they oversee Prop 64, which is uh, legalized adult use and medical at this point. So the state said, okay, um, we're gonna give you guys an opportunity in every single city to apply. Now, we do know we have some cities that uh, do not allow cannabis consumption legally. And we'll talk about that. Um, another time. But you have cities that have to comply with state law, but state law says the cities can do whatever they want. So you have some cities that said no, Compton, Hawthorne, Agoura Hills. Um, there's a few other cities, and I'll, I'll give you guys a list of that, um, of those cities that don't have legalization or licensing. So you have phase two. Um, people applied and right now we're still waiting for the application process to be completed. I spoke with Lori Ajax, which is the um, head of Bureau of Cannabis Control for the state, had a conversation with her a couple weeks ago. I was at an NAACP conference out in San Mateo and she was one of the speakers. And I said, hey, Lori, what are we gonna do about the fact that we do not have licensing yet in the city of LA? And BCC is about to come up on their deadline, which is December the 31st, 2018, for temporary licensing. She said, I don't know. 
I just have no idea what we're going to do. I said, okay, well, we need to figure it out because you have um, hundreds of people literally applying in the city of L.A. So we then got notification from the state that said, okay, we have a deadline. December 31st, 2018 is your last date that you can apply um, for your temporary or even obtain it at that point. So they put out an announcement um, about a week ago that said, you now have a deadline of December the 1st, 2018 to get your temporary license from any city that you're located in. Well, that causes a huge problem in the city of LA because again, you have about 600 applicants uh, dealing with phase two that have already applied and probably 30 or so more applicants in phase one that have not received their temporary permits yet to move forward to apply for licensing with BCC, which is a state. So the problem that's, that, that that has created is it does not allow people to proceed with doing business in the cannabis industry. Um, when I spoke to the city, the city said, we're not sure what we're going to do because we have, uh, we have not completed the licensing process. So about three days ago, maybe four days ago, there was a notice that was put out that they are finally going to push forward with the phase two licensing applicants and give them temporary licensing once they're approved, which is a good thing because, again, I personally have been waiting 11 months. And what that does, it does not allow you to legally operate. So they're going to push forward with that. Now, we do have some people that still don't have that $40,000 to pay the fees to DCR. Now, let me tell you something about these fees that you have to pay to DCR. They're non-refundable. So if you pay this $40,000 to De Department of Cannabis Regulations for your application fees, and you don't get your license, you don't get any money back. Not one penny do you receive as a refund. That's another problem. And that's something that we really need to discuss with the uh, Department of Cannabis Regulations because that's a big problem. If you're supposed to be low income and you've been impacted by the war on drugs and you give the city of LA $40,000 just for an application fee and you don't get your license, don't you think you should get that money back? at least something, yeah, they're not offering you anything. So um, that's another issue that we need to address. We also have another issue right now with um, real estate, property. People are looking for locations for their businesses. Well, there's an influx of people coming into L.A., outside of L.A., trying to get locations. Because as we do know, and if you don't know, I'm going to tell you, Los Angeles is the largest market in the state, the largest market in the country, and it is said that is the large, it is the largest market globally, which is Los Angeles. Los Angeles will have more shops by far than any other city. Um, we're looking at at least, right now we have 169 temporary licensed shops in the city of LA. We have approximately 50 of those 169 that are licensed through the Bureau of Cannabis Control, because that's another process, another huge set of fees that you have to pay. Um, so we have a very large market here. 
And and as we know, um, in this country, anyone that wants, you know, the best product, where are they getting it from? California. So that's that's another issue that we have to deal with. So right now, we are dealing with um, the licensing phase for phase two. And we are dealing with just cultivation and manufacturing. So those people are looking for locations. So you're going to go rent a location to open up your... Um, your, your space that you are going to be doing either cultivation, manufacturing, and distribution. And the rent is, uh, the fees are exorbitant. So you have to let them know what you're going to do there. So you go and you talk to a landlord, agent, management company, and they say, hey, what are you going to do in this, in this, um, in this space that you want to rent? Well, I'm going to have a cannabis business. Okay, the rent just went from $2 a square foot to $6 a square foot. So how are you going to pay for that? Again, we're talking about social equity. Social equity requires you to meet a certain criteria. You have to be low income. I don't know who has $40,000 in a box put away somewhere. I know I don't have it. You have to be low income. You have to prove that you're low income. And uh, you have to come up with all these fees. So it, it's a little ridiculous. You know, I don't know who came up with the, this criteria for social equity. It, it clearly was written to fail. This was not written to succeed. Because if it was, you would give education and information. Um, it's, it's like they just took these people and threw them into an ocean with no lifeboat, no raft, no no life jacket, nothing, um, and said, here, go on out and do this by yourself. And they expect this to succeed. So as we know, the other companies that are coming in, big business um, that are coming in, they're the ones that are going to succeed in this industry. Why? Because they have the money and they have the backing, they have the knowledge, and they're just sitting back waiting for the social equity program to fail so that it will push us all out of this industry, as I said, multi-billion dollar industry, and they'll move into those spots. So um, that's something that I think uh, the city of LA, our community needs to really understand what's going on. And uh, let me go back to one of the problems that we're having with real estate. We have some people that have acquired property and they've been paying for these rents on their properties for the past 10, 11, 12 months even. And the program has not moved forward so that you can even apply. Now we're talking about, again, phase two and phase three. I, again, am still in phase one, waiting for my licensing, which means I've been paying rents at three different locations for the past over a year since I moved my locations and don't have a license. So I'm operating under something called MRSA. MRSA is a SB 420, which allows you to operate as a collective. So as long as you meet that criteria that you're operating under a collective and you're um, dispensing medical only, that's not adult use, which means your, your business has to have a membership program and you have to have members and they have to apply to be a member of your collective, and that's the only way you can operate legally. That is actually going to expire January 9th, 2019. Unless we can do something to get that extended or get the state to stop the rescission of SB 420, that's going to go away at that time. And again, that's another um, 
subject that we need to talk about at some point because these are really important issues for people to know and how they're affected. Um, there's another thing that we need to talk about when it comes to SB 420. We have a lot of raids that are going on now. Now, as a legal shop owner, that's something that I do want to see. I do want to see the rogue shops close. There are many reasons why. And it's not always about competition, but it's about being a responsible cannabis business owner because we have to keep the integrity of this business, which is, this is medical and cannabis is a medication and we have to teach our community and especially our kids that this is not something that we just use without knowledge and information because again, it's medication. And that's a critical component of this business that people are, are missing. The reason why we have the, um, the Compassionate Use Act 2015, uh, I'm sorry, that was passed in 1996, was because we wanted patients to be able to get their medication. So AIDS patients and cancer patients, and, and we have a lot of kids with, uh, with seizures. And we now know, uh, we've known for many years that these medications help with these things. Uh, FDA did just pass a CBD oil that assists with the reduction, almost completely stops seizures in, in our children. So, and this, these are facts. You guys can go online and look this up. And whatever you find that I, I say that's incorrect, I welcome you to correct me and give me the correct information because I don't know everything and I don't profess to know everything. I just know what I know in this industry. And um, it's my responsibility as a cannabis business owner in this business for 13 years to teach our community and let us know what the correct information is. And that's a lot of what we don't have, especially our people. So again, let's go back to um, phase two and phase three. So phase three is supposed to be for the uh, general public and also social equity um, applicants. So you have your different components. You have cultivation, manufacturing, testing, uh, distribution, and uh, retail. So in phase two, you could not apply for retail. Phase three, you can. So then the question that everyone is asking is, okay, when are we going to be able to apply for retail shop business license? Well, guess what? DCR is looking at Next year sometime. We know that already because we're almost in December. But we're looking at next year sometime. Not January, February, March. I am thinking mid-2019, uh, if not the fourth quarter, which would be uh, August, September of 2019. Again, you are going to be harming the people who need the most help in this industry and in our communities. Because if you say we are trying to correct the mistake that we made because of the war on drugs, and we wanna give people of color, minorities who have been impacted by the war on drugs, we wanna give them an opportunity to be in this multi-billion dollar industry. And how are we gonna do that? Okay, we're gonna start a social equity program. And we've had some other people call this a welfare program, which it isn't, but that's what we, we've had them call it. So we have phase three. So when are, we, when are we going to be able to apply for that? Sometime next year. Mid or towards the end of next year is, is my prediction. 
And um, I'm hoping that I'm incorrect. A lot of my predictions about these dates and what DCR has been doing has been uh, absolutely correct so far, unfortunately, but that's what we have to deal with. And the only way to make these changes is for us to work as a community. And what Measure M did was, and that's another, um, it was on the ballot a couple years ago. What Measure M did was it put cannabis, the cannabis industry, in the hands of LA City Council. So your city council is actually over cannabis. It's not LAPD. It's not the city attorney. It's not the, the state. It's the count city council. Okay, so if you have any questions and you have information, you want to know um, anything about cannabis in the city of L.A., you can call your city councilman or city councilwoman, whatever district you're in, and you can ask them what's going on. And they'll tell you that they are actually the ones over cannabis. So they create the policies and procedures and then hand it over to DCR. Well, I'm having another issue with DCR because DCR has no no moving body over the cannabis department, um, which means there's no one that they answer to at this moment. So the DCR executive director was actually appointed by the mayor, which is Cat Packer. And if we have a problem with DCR, we don't know who to go to. So that's another issue that, that we need to address. There are so many issues in the cannabis industry right now that need to be addressed in LA. I cannot even go down the list right now and be finished in a timely before the sun goes down today. So that's something that we do need to address. And again, once you subscribe to um, my kind of view, my podcast, you can actually get in contact with me and you can ask me questions personally and I'll find the answer for you if I don't have it. But uh, it's really important for you to subscribe. So again, let's go back to phase three. So we have phase three that's going to be starting sometime next year. What you need to do at this point is you need to secure your space because they're going very quickly. You have to meet a certain criteria in the city of LA for the spaces that you do get um, because you have to be, uh, let's say, for example, your nearest school. There are the, the criteria for being near a school or the distance that you have to be from a school is 600 feet. Now, the criteria is different for each component. As I said, there are five different components in the cannabis industry now in the city of LA. So that's something that I can go over if um, any of my listeners are interested in that. I'm sure you will be. But when you're in the licensing phase, these are things that you really want to know. Um, and even prior to that, because when you're looking for your location, you absolutely want to make sure that you meet that criteria. So what you'll get is something called a radius map. And I can give you that information also, where you can find out exactly if you meet that distance criteria before you secure that building. If you do not do that, you will be wasting money securing a building and then find out that you will never get a license there because you don't meet that distance criteria. So that's another thing that, that we need to go over. So we have different things that we need to talk about. We have the, the licensing um, criteria, then we have licensing delays, we have um, local and state the, the, they're conflicting. You have two bodies that are creating policy and procedures, but they do conflict with each other, which is another issue. Um, you hear things like uh, like the, the dates that are coming up. 
they have a deadline. BCC has a deadline, which is a state of January 31st, 2018. And you still have two phases left in LA City. They haven't done anything yet. So what are you supposed to do when you need to apply for the state if you don't have your licensing for the city? So let me just explain to you. In order for you to apply to the state of California for your license, to have a legal cannabis business in any city that you're in, you must first have city authorization. So you must have the approval from the city, which gives you a permit from that city. Once that permit is issued to you, you can then apply to the state. You cannot go to the state and apply to the state of California for a cannabis business license if you don't have city approval. I want to make that clear. So people that think that they can just call up the state and say, hey, I would, I would like to have a, a cannabis business doing, I don't know, cultivation, growing. And you say, I'm in Hawthorne. And they'll say, okay, you need to have local approval. Do you have a license for the city? No, I don't. Well, I don't know if you guys know this, but Hawthorne does not have any local ordinance or approval for cannabis like Compton. They voted no, which is weird because they have, I heard, over 45 illegal shops, which doesn't make any sense that they didn't legalize it in the city of Compton, of all places, <laughs> which I don't get. But okay, um, that's another thing that we want to talk about at another time. But um, so you have to have your, your, your local approval first before you can move forward to the state. And their deadline is coming up. So what do we do in each city? No one knows. What you'll have to do from what I was told from BCC is you'll have to apply for your provisional. And that is going to take much longer because you're not going to be able to operate while you're applying. Now, there's another issue here. If you apply to the city and you do not get your license, and you have already secured a building, what do you do to get that money back that you've lost? Guess what? You can't get it back. So you really have to be careful in making a decision to get into this industry. Because I think that people think because there is a social equity program that there is some social equity theory that's going to just hand you a bunch of money and say, hey, you were impacted by the war on drugs, so here's a bag of money. Not going to happen. Remember, cannabis use, adult or medical, is still illegal under federal law. Let me make that clear. Cannabis use, medical or adult use, people call it recreational, but it's actually adult use, 21 and over, is still illegal under federal law. I want to make that really, really clear because I think people are still mistaken where they misunderstand that because it's legal here, it's legal federally. So that's another issue that um, I need our, our community to understand and to know. And uh, I believe that they just passed something where you can take your medication um, on the plane and I'll have to look that up to make sure, and I'll tell you exactly what that is. But you cannot cross state line with your cannabis and it be legal. So, for example, we know Nevada, it's legal, adult use and medical. But you cannot take 
your medication crossing from here to Nevada and it be legal because when you're crossing state line, it's still a federal, a federal offense. Now, so Sessions just got fired, right? So, so Sessions, you know, Sessions said that um, he liked the KKK before he found out they smoked marijuana. So we knew how he felt about marijuana. And let me tell you, um, when Sessions was appointed, I, I was on the floor because I said, you know, this is going to, I said, this guy, this, this clown doesn't like cannabis. Do you know what he's going to try to do? And, and what he did when he was first appointed, one of the first things he said was, um, yeah, we're going to go after the cannabis industry. I don't care what state it is, but we're going to go after the cannabis industry. Gloves are off. Well, his homeboy, Trump, <laughs> just got rid of him. We just knew it was a matter of time. Again, I predicted that. Thank you. Um, I did predict that he was going to be gone. And uh, can you guys please help me out and confirm that he's gone? Yeah. Because they're waiting to get the new person in now from what I just heard. I don't watch a lot of TV, guys. I, I watch uh, CNN sometimes, but I don't watch a lot of TV. So I'm going to have to catch up on that. I do a lot of research online. So and we know that's not always accurate either, but I'll get you the information. Um, again, subscribe, ask me any questions that you want, give me a call, I'll reach out. I really do. I, I answer all my calls, believe it or not. I'm extremely busy, but I do. So um, we want to talk about, again, phase three. So I want you people to know who are going to be applying. I want you guys to know. I want my, my community to know. I want anyone who wants to be in this industry in the city of LA that you have a limited amount of time to get your space, but you have a long period of time that you're going to be waiting for licensing, which is going to be a huge issue because the the money that you're going to be spending out is astronomical because the rents alone, um, you know, I've seen them go up to six, seven, eight dollars a square foot. So you want to be real mindful and careful of uh, of who you're going to be renting your space from. Okay, and um, when it comes to the business end of the cannabis industry, there's a lot of information that we need to know. Compliance is key because if you are out of compliance in any way, form or fashion, when it comes to cannabis, trust and believe they're going to come after you. I don't care what it is. It could be the smallest thing. Let me give you just a little bit of information in the ordinance that's written for the city of LA. Just something, you know, I just want to give you some information. So if a cannabis shop has graffiti, let's say on their wall, they got tagged. They have 72 hours to have that graffiti moved. If they do not remove it within 72 hours, it's a city ordinance violation. Okay. Um, you have to have a sign posted outside. You have to have a neighborhood liaison. That sign has to be posted outside and visible to the public. It has to have an email and a phone number where the community can file complaints 24 hours a day via email or by phone. And you have to have a specific person assigned as your neighborhood liaison. So um, there is a company that I just started. It's called 
cannabis neighborhood liaison, and it will allow the companies to use that service to actually have that neighborhood liaison to take their complaints via phone or email. That's a violation of the ordinance if you do not have that posted outside. So there are many things that you have to comply with that I think even people in the industry have not taken the time to read. They do not know because I can tell you, everyone that I've asked about this, do you know about these parts of the the ordinance that you have to comply with? Initially told me no, they didn't know about it. And I have not seen these signs. I think I've seen it in one or two shops, maybe. I haven't seen them in, you know, the uh, 169 shops that we have. Of course, I haven't been to every one of them, but I'm pretty sure that there are very, very few that have those because they haven't checked the ordinance. No one really reads that entire ordinance. I actually have read it, so I know a lot of the details in it. Everything I don't know um, by memory, but I know it well enough to tell you these things are critical that you do this because they're not going after us now when it comes to those um, ordinance policies that you need to comply with, but believe me, they will be coming later. So people that are just getting into this industry... I just want to be very clear that these are things that you have to follow. So um, again, we have a multitude of um, issues that we need to deal with. We have a big problem right now. We have a big problem right now that we're having, um, and we have we're having multi um, raids, and the raids are supposed to be happening on the rogue shops. Well. I am not a rogue shop. I'm a licensed shop. And I was just raided on Wednesday. And Lieutenant said to me, you know, after I showed him all my paperwork and, you know, my application is in process and so on and so forth. And he said something to me. I said, um, Lieutenant Olson, Wilshire Division. I said, here's my application. Here's my application number. My application is pending. It's in process. And he said... Well, I see you have an application. I see you applied. I see that they're still asking you for documentation. I see that there's, you're still corresponding with them. But that doesn't mean it's pending. And I said, Lieutenant Olson, what does pending mean then? He said, oh, that just means they're waiting on information for, from you to complete the process. And he said to me, as I was walking out the police station, you know, Kathy, this is something that just slipped through the cracks. And we can get this straightened out. We've actually never seen this happen before. And we do raids all the time. We've never seen an owner show up. So um, they actually arrested three of my employees. And again, this is not a felony anymore. This is a misdemeanor. But they charged them with felonies. So that's something that I want people to know. Now, this is not just pertaining to illegal and unlicensed shops. This is going to affect every single shop, whether you're licensed or not, because now LAPD has decided that they're cowboys and they're going to go rogue. So they're going to just raid any shop that they feel may be illegal. This creates a huge problem. When you have a licensed shop, you're supposed to do, LAPD is supposed to do some sort of research, some sort of vetting, some sort of due diligence to make sure before you raid that shop, before you even obtain a search warrant on that shop, you have done some sort of research. Well, 
The detective that did this research said to me, I checked the website and I didn't see your address on the website. And I said, well, who did you call? What else did you do to check? She said, I checked the website and I didn't see your address. I said, this building has four addresses. Did you check all of them? She said, no. She said, I checked the address on your business card. I said, again, detective, I have four addresses. So at some point, there has to be some due diligence. There has to be some vetting. And we have to hold LAPD responsible. They were negligent and irresponsible by not checking this information. Hi. So we have um, Miss T here. And she just walked in. And Miss T actually is the head of the My, My Can of View department. And she actually reviews different shops. So we're going to talk to her because she just walked in. So we're going to talk to her about the shops that she's reviewed. Okay, Tony, introduce yourself. Hello, everyone. My name is Tony Moses. And thank you for having me today, Miss Kathy. You know, it's always, it's always good to, you know, let people in the community know what's going on. Um, you know, give them insight about places or dispensaries that work to their advantage. And just overall, just let everybody know how important it is to be up on this cannabis yeah. news. So, yeah, absolutely. So I'm glad to be here on this. How are you doing today, I'm by good, the way? I'm good, how are you? I'm good, nice you to see you. You look cute. Yeah, right. I like your hat. Thank you. Um, so here's what we want to do. When it comes to um, talking about shops and um, product, personnel, uh, we want to... Wanna actually review um, everything. Mm -hmm. The knowledge that the personnel had, the product that they're, they're giving you, whether you liked it or not. And we guys, we, we want your feedback from you guys. We want to know what your experiences are on these shops because we want everyone else to know your opinion. So um, we want to know about product, mm -hmm. personnel. Mm -hmm. We want to know about their knowledge. We want to know about the presentation. Mm -hmm. We want to know how their place looked. Um, the location, mm -hmm. how the parking was, anything that you can tell us as someone that, that goes to these shops all the time as a consumer. Okay, so awesome. What can you, what can you tell us? All tell right. us what shop you're going to review today. Okay, wonderful. So I actually had an opportunity to go visit three shops. Okay. Um, the reason being is I like to be objective and just really see what... Um, you know, how the, like you said, how the product is. Of course, product is always key. Um, you always know a really good cannabis shop. It's not really so much based on the number of people that are there, but the quality of the product. And I've been to um, shops throughout Southern California, and I've been to the best of the best and the worst of the worst. So I always find that when you're able to find a shop that meets the quality control, then that definitely helps with, you know, knowing it helps with the staffing and overall, the, you know, just the whole presentation of the place. Yeah, yeah, so the first place that I want to definitely um, give a shout out to is it's called 420 um, Cannabis Store. It's located off of Redondo Beach and Compton Boulevard. Um, that place is really well known because number one, they have a lot of specials. So Monday through Sunday, you know, the key also to being a really good cannabis store is giving the clients, you know, specials and making them feel like they're a part of the family. So one of the things that I like about this shop that's located, it's called 420 Cannabis, is located on, as I mentioned, Redondo Beach Boulevard in Compton. Is that the city of LA? Um, the city of L.A., borderline Compton, but I want to probably say Compton because that's the only cannabis store within a 30-mile range between Long Beach, Compton, Inglewood, and those areas. Well, we know Compton. 
wait. She's laughing. Wait, because, wait, because Compton has no legal shops. So this may be uh, a rogue shop, but I'll check it and I'll let you guys know whether it's a legal shop. So it's probably borderline. Okay. I don't, it's not truly in Compton because it's on Redondo Beach. So if you go to Compton Boulevard, okay. you went too far. So I would say between Redondo Beach, it's, excuse me, it's on Avalon. I'm sorry. Between Redondo Beach and Compton Boulevard. My apologies. Redondo Beach and Compton run the same way. Okay, we'll get the exact address. We'll get the exact address. Okay. So as I was saying, product control. Talk about product. Product. Product, mm-hmm. always key. They have some really good low-tier products. They have Private Reserve, and their top, top one is called their, um, excuse me, it's Private Reserve, and then there's Top Shelf, and then there's Mid Shelf. Now, if you get the Private Reserve, that's the top, top Indica or Sativa. So whenever you go there, a lot of times you have to ask them for their Private Reserve because people often get it confused. Private Reserve and Top Shelf are two different things. Their private reserve is usually for their clients that spend a little bit more money. So you'll get your OGs, you'll get your um, um, you'll get your OGs. You'll also get um, they really have a really good vapes. So you always want to stick along those lines. Now for their top shelf, you get like the cookies, like the animal cookies and those um you know the rick james and i'm just naming the type of um that's the name of the you know obviously the product and then your mid shelf is usually your eight to ten dollar grams and those are usually um like your grape apes and things like that so product as i mentioned is key because that's how you're able to determine um what to spend so you don't have to go there and spend $100 to get good product, but you definitely want to know the differences, okay? So always remember, um, when you go in, private reserve is probably their best, and then top shelf will be the second best, and then mid-shelf and lower grade. Okay. All right? Um, qua- um, staffing. Um, you always know a really good um, dispensary when the staff is always happy and when they play really good music. <laughs> The music is always key because people are excited and the people that are in line waiting to buy the medicine, as we like to refer to it, they're also very happy as well because they know they're going to get top-notch customer service. So definitely um, the staff is really, really good. Um, Second thing, third thing, they're very knowledgeable. And and the reason why I'm able to discuss and tell you the differences differences between the weed level, excuse me, the different strands of um, marijuana is because of the staff being very knowledgeable. And presentation is also key. When you go into a dispensary, you want to be able to look at the medicines and know exactly what it is and that the person that's selling you the medicine or the the butt tenders, they're knowledgeable about it. Because remember, you don't have to go there. There's a million, there's a dispensary within every, what, mile, half a mile in Los Angeles. Yeah, so. those are, by the way, just to let you know, uh, there's only 169 that are legal. So these other dispensaries that we're talking about are not the legal shops. So, um, and that's important to point out because. As I mentioned, you know, the and usually the ones that aren't licensed, you think you're getting a really good deal, but Lord wrath the day that you're in there and they get busted. Hmm, let's see what happens there. So you always want to make sure that, you know, you know where you're going and that, you know, sometimes cheap isn't always the best way, way to go. Tony, I cannot find them. I'm looking 
Hold on, I'll show you right but here. I'm not I'll show you right here. Yeah, so um, definitely the staffing is important. You want to so definitely pretty knowledgeable. Very knowledgeable. Mm -hmm. How's the place look? Very big, and I like the fact that you have a variety to choose from. You know, because a lot of times they have their, you know, their special brands. You know, but it's not always the best. Are they on Weed Map? Um, they're not on weed maps. Here it is. It's called Avalon. I'm sorry. It's Avalon 25 cap. Avalon. 25 cap. Yes, ma'am. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. And they actually are on weed maps. So if you. Are they in Los Angeles? They are. They're considered Los Angeles. Yes. Because as I mentioned, they're not a cuffs between Compton and LA. Okay. So because they haven't reached Compton Boulevard, I think that sort of saves them. What's and that's, their address? Their address to the location is, I'll give it to you now. And again, we're going to double check to make sure they are actually um, one of the legal shops because we want to make sure that yes. that information that we're giving you are one of the legal shops. We really, we do not, on my kind of view, we do not want to review illegal shops. No. That's not what we want to do. No. Um, but we know that a lot of uh, our cannabis consumers are going to some of the illegal shops. So yeah. we have... Um, so they are located on Avalon Boulevard. And they are illegal. They are in Compton. So this is actually a rogue shop. So we're going to skip this one. Yeah. And let's go to the next one. Okay, no <laughs> worries. We don't, we don't want to review the illegal shops. We definitely don't um, want to review the illegal you know, shops. They, they actually have given... Um, a, a criteria of how they're going to have markings for the legal shops, and that's for the city of Los Angeles. There are no legal shops in the city of Compton, and I repeat, there are no legal shops in the city of Compton. So it doesn't matter how many shops you see in Compton, not one of them are legal because they did vote uh, the beginning of this year for legalization for the city of Compton, and the community voted no. Yeah. Unfortunately. Mm -hmm. So we think that that's going to change soon and we hope it will change because, you know, they they really should legalize it so that they can monitor and um, they can have some sort of, of policies that they mm -hmm. have to follow, which yes. they're not following right now. Not at all. And that really does put our consumer at risk because you really don't know what you're getting. Okay. Um, so let's check the next one. And it's funny you say that because before I went in, because like I said, I like to visit shops that are in compliance and that are that are licensed. And I did ask the manager when I first went there. I said, "Are you guys licensed? Are you able to sell, you know, cannabis really? legally?" And he said, "Yes." Really? I would have never given this place a review if I didn't get that clarification. But so we'll, we'll double check. We'll double check. Yeah. Absolutely. But they're in content, and we know anyone with a content address is not legal. Okay. So let's go to the next. So the second one I went to, and this is probably one of my favorites because it's in my community. It's called La Brea Collective. And that shop definitely is in 420 compliance. Um, they, they, have, are. they are definitely. Um, and I like that shop because product-wise, they're always, they're consistent. I always like to use the big C word when I'm going into these dispensaries. Absolutely. Consistency That's is right. always key. And if you're consistent and if the product is what people like and if you have a friendly staff, I think that helps a lot. How about knowledge? 
knowledgeable, definitely. And what is good is that they don't have the same people over and over. So you may go there on Monday and see someone else there, there the next day. So it just shows that, you know, they have a plethora of people who are bud tenders who really value their work and really value the product. So they're definitely very knowledgeable. And I want to give you guys a little secret. I'm going to let you in on something. Whenever you go visit these dispensaries, you know, you always want to make sure that, number one, they respect your dollar. They respect the fact that you are there patronizing their business. Because as I mentioned, yes, as Miss Kathy mentioned, a number of these... um, dispensaries operate illegally, but there are a great deal of them that operate legally as well. So you definitely want to make sure that they value the fact that you're their customer and you're patronizing their business. Mm -hmm. So that's the key thing. So, and that definitely shows when you're meeting with, you know, when you're asking questions about, you know, their product. Um, Location. The location is located on Pico Boulevard, a block west of Redondo. Um, it's the address is 5057 West Pico Boulevard. That's Los Angeles 90019. And if you want to give them a call and find out about their special day, daily, their daily specials, the phone number is 323-424-3908. That's 323-424-3908. And let me say this, this shop is actually right down the street from mine. Um, but I'm not a hater. <laughs> there's, there's enough, a lot of love to spread here, yeah, there's right? Enough business to go around for everyone. So mm-hmm. I really want, um, I really want our listeners to to get information and to get the value in the information that we're giving you. So we want to we want to rate and review all the shops, mm-hmm. not just mine. We haven't done mine yet. We will at yes. some point. <laughs> we we want to give everyone the opportunity to get a shout out on on um, my cannabis view podcast. So, and again, don't forget to subscribe. Um, but go ahead, Tony. Okay. And then, of course, um, the final one that I actually, actually, I had the Wait, push. you didn't tell me how their location oh. looked. The okay. Presentation. So, the presentation. So, when you go inside, there's this really big building. And then, of course, you it's have your security. Right? It's on the corner. Yeah. And then you have the friendly staff there. They check your, your um, light, you know, your script and also your ID. Um, if you're under 21, obviously, you have to have a prescription. Yeah. But if you're over 21, you can just show them your ID. Recommendations. Recommendations. Yeah. Once you go in. And I like they have um, they have the little wheel you can spin so you can win daily prizes. Oh, okay. So, like I said, a good part about being a dispensary is giving deals and letting the customer or the patient feel like they're a part of your community. Remember, you're servicing them. So that's important. Um, But the overall location is great. It's accessible. It's easy to get in. You're usually in there about five, ten minutes tops. Um, There's never really long lines. And as I mentioned, they have enough bud tenders to um, meet the demand of the service Mm -hmm. to people. That's good. Mm -hmm. Okay, so you like that one? Yeah, I do. I really like that one a lot. Okay, and then, of course, my final one that I went to is called K-Town um, Dispensary. That's located on Melrose. Now, that dispensary is a little tricky because of the parking situation over there. You know, Melrose is a retail um, street, so a lot of stores are there. So a lot of people, and particularly, they like to park on the street. So if you're going to a dispensary and if you don't mind having to drive around the corner a few times to find a parking space, then you can um, definitely go to K-Town Recreational Marijuana Collective. Now, that address is 7382 
Melrose Avenue, that's Los Angeles 90046, and they are um, in compliance with the um, 420 rules and regulations. Um, product. Um, the brother that works here, he's an African American. He actually owns it, which is pretty. He owns it. He owns it, actually. Wait a minute. Who told you that? Well, he has a partner. So he's probably the face of it, but he definitely has a partner. So, but he's the face of the organization. Let me make it very clear. There are only five blacks. I don't use the word African. Yeah, blacks. Excuse me. So I, I do too. My, I want my, my listeners to understand. I don't always use the politically correct word. Of course not. I'm black. That's right. I so, am. Uh, so there's only five of us that um, were licensed since 2007. So out of the um, phase one, as we talked about earlier, right. there are only um, four right now that's on the list of 169 with Department of Cannabis Regulations. So I don't know who this guy is, but believe me, I'm going to find out. Absolutely. And I'll get back to you guys and let you know. But go ahead, Tony. Let's finish the review on the show. Yes. So you spoke to, do you know his name? Um, I forgot his name. Black it's guy. Jay's okay. a black guy. He's um, been in the cannabis business for about 12 years now. Okay. Um, he did tell me a little bit of history behind his shop. He did tell me that he, um, he was one of the, he had gotten arrested and he had gotten into some deep trouble from trying to run his dispensary. Wow. Okay. And, um, he saw, hey, you know, he didn't let the, as he quote unquote, the white man, I hate to use those words, but he said, I'm not going to let the white blue collared industry, white collar industry tell me, dictate what I can and cannot do as far as running a business and providing medicine to people in my very own community. Right. So um, just a little bit of background about that. And Kathy definitely will find out more information and give you some more about that later on. Um, as we move on with the podcast. But um, the location, as I mentioned, is a really small location, but the product is good. Um, now, this location in particular does not have a plethora of different um, cannabis choices, but I always go back to the big C word. It's consistent. The quality is always good. And sometimes you may go into a dispensary and you may see 30 to different, 40 different types of weed. But believe me, honey, half of them are being recycled. It's the same weed with just different names. Uh-oh. Okay? <laughs> so just keep that in mind as Uh-oh. well. Just thought I shared, thought I'd throw that gem out there it's for everybody true. out there. It's absolutely, absolutely true. true. So, you know. Being a shop owner, I know. Right. It's the truth. <laughs> we have to be, I'm sorry that I have, I didn't mean to share that with everyone, but it's true. It is true. So, um, product, as I mentioned, great product, consistent staff there's usually one young lady that's the receptionist usually a very pretty girl i like the fact that he has different races of girls i look at that because hey i'm a black girl i mean i want to just look at another race every time i go to dispensary remember my dollars matter you know so i like the fact that he mixes it up a little bit um and then like i said it's good to see a black face um sometimes whether they're perpetrating to be owners or whether they actually are do you not see that often i don't see it often at all Usually when I go to the dispensary, there's usually an Hispanic working the desk. There's usually a black security guard. Now, they'll hire a black man to do security. Yeah. You know, that's easy. <laughs> <laughs> but usually behind the wall, after the wall, after the wall, there's a, a, yeah, you see our, uh, another race back there looking on camera. So it's always good to know what you're doing. I know my listeners uh, thought that I was something else when they first heard me. <laughs> and they're going to keep getting confused. 
because I've had this happen so many times. When they see me, they're like, wait a minute, where's the white lady that was talking to Exactly. Yeah, but, <laughs> um, but, but Tony's telling the truth. You don't see us a lot in this industry. We are uh, probably 1% mm-hmm. um, in this industry. And as a black woman, we are even lower than 1% mm-hmm. in this industry. So what she's saying is absolutely correct. If you, if you guys, if our listeners actually see um, some of us, or even some of our, our, our brown-skinned sisters and brothers, let me know, please, because I'd like to know where they are. Absolutely. Go ahead, Tony. Absolutely. We're talking about K-Town. K-Town located on Melrose Boulevard between Hauser and Fairfax. Okay. Also, um, let's talk about, like I said, accessibility is a little difficult because, as I mentioned, Melrose is a retail store, retail street, so a lot of stores yeah, are there. So, so it's very difficult to access the shop, but um, the staff is always friendly. Um, they have a lot, they're not so much a lot of, um, different strands to choose from, but the strands that they do have, um, they're usually really good and they're usually really consistent. And, um, also they have a lot of deals and specials. Deals and specials are really good. Did you try you know? any of their edibles? I have actually, I have tried their gummy burn. I was going to get into the edibles. That's okay. the one thing about the stop that I really like probably more than okay, any no. of this stop are their edibles. Okay. Um, he has a ton of them. He has gummy worms. He even had... Um, like, um, what do you call the little caramel kisses? He made them into candy. I mean, into edibles. I was like, wow, how did you do that? Because really? uh, it's really hard. Remember, and I'm a, I'm a um, edible connoisseur. Okay. I am. <laughs> we know. We <laughs> know. know. Um, so let me just tell everyone yeah. listening. Mm-hmm. So Tony is actually running the um, My Can of You website mm-hmm. to give you all information on different shops. So we're not just going to be talking about the product as far as the flower. We'll talk about the edibles. We'll talk about the CBD. Yes. We'll talk about the personnel. We'll talk about the presentation, location, parking. We'll give you all the information. So um, if you want to get information on any other shops that you haven't been to and you want to review on them, you can um, you know, give, contact us. Yeah. Again, subscribe. And if you have any questions, Tony will she'll, um, she'll let you know. Absolutely. And she'll tell you the truth. I will tell you the truth. Because remember, you know, we take our medicine very serious, yep. you know, and me being a connoisseur of this, you know, I you know, I grew up, my stepdad was sort of like a proper Rastaforian, as I like to say. <laughs> you know, so wait, he, what is a proper Rastafarian? Okay, so a proster, proper Rastafarian is someone who doesn't necessarily live the Rastafari lifestyle, okay. but he appreciates what comes along with it, like the best awesome. Mary one. All right. Okay. And then, but Rastafarians are very knowledgeable. Oh, yes, so then are. he will get, so I say he's a proper Rastafarian because he would have his treat and then he would totally get into his political and his real serious topics, history yeah. channel type stuff. So, okay. Okay. so that's it's okay. no, no pun intended to my Rastafarians out there. <laughs> okay. I like yeah, that. Yeah, but absolutely. Okay. <laughs> absolutely. You know, my favorite quote by Bob Marley, you know what he says? Um, when you smoke the ganja, that's when your true self is revealed. It's true. I, I yeah. <laughs> it's true. I love it's it. It's true. Love it does it. that for some. Right. Yeah. Right. Okay, so um, you, we're talking about the edibles at K-Town. Yeah, so the gummy worms are really good. The caramel kisses are really good. Um, and you know what's also cool? You can request 
They have, um, you can fill out, like, if you have a special edible that you like. Because some people are allergic to chocolate. Some people don't like caramel. I hate chocolate, so I never do that. Some people, they can't have edibles that are really dense, like the brownies and the cookies. Mm -hmm. Some people prefer candy because the candies are a little bit lighter and easier to digest versus cookies and brownies because a lot of people can't do dairy. A lot of people, you know. So they have a vegan. They have, like, vegan edibles as well. So... And remember, it also depends on location. You're in Melrose, so you're going to have a vegan... You know, most of the people in that area are probably vegan. You know, you're not going to have vegan brownies over on Broadway or Avalon. You don't think so? I mean, you can. No pun intended again. Hey, (laughs) they think I'm your... I'm so... You may not. You don't think so? I I, I wouldn't go to Avalon in 151st and look for a vegan brownie. That's inedible. (laughs) I think I would go to West Hollywood or somewhere. (laughs) <laughs> right? Can I have a vegan edible? What? What the hell is a vegan edible? Well, it's something vegan means like no dairy, no. You don't think they'll have that there? I want to do that. I've had kosher weed. Well, <laughs> actually, actually, we were talking about, you know, I have a lot of friends in this industry that right. are, are Jewish. Right. And, um, that's right. And uh, we've talked about we've talked about kosher edibles. Um, I understand that there's a couple actually making kosher edibles, and, and I'm going to look more into that for um, our subscribers so that you have that information. But mm-hmm. I, I did I did hear about I did hear about that. Yeah. You know, and and on this this podcast, we're going to talk about um, things where because people are looking for organic everything, mm-hmm. and I don't think people understand what organic cannabis weed marijuana is mm-hmm. um so we're going to talk about that another time but again once you subscribe we're going to be able to give you all that information because uh you'll be able to give us some feedback and, and tell us what you want to know and we'll get that that information for you so so tony so far likes k-town she does like avalon 25 cap but they're in the legal shop and, uh, I didn't know, okay? I didn't okay. know. I didn't know. I was, you know. It's okay. And again, we have to educate our community. Mm-hmm. We have to educate the public on the legal shops and the legal shops. And there are some people that still have that preference to go to that shop and they don't know whether they're legal or not. Right. If you go on to the Department of Regulation Cannabis website, okay. Um, Department of Cannabis Regulation website, I'm sorry, DCR. Um, so you just type in Los Angeles Department of Cannabis Regulation, you'll be able to pull up the licensed shops. And there are, as I said, 169 so far licensed shops. So you know which ones to go to. If you choose to just use a licensed shop, which you should, you should not go to unlicensed shops. But we do have, as I said, another issue with licensing because if you don't have an ordinance in your city that does not allow you to have your legal marijuana, your legal cannabis, um, that's something that we need to get out and change. And we can do that as a community. Um, Again, Compton doesn't have an ordinance, and the community voted no. So if you live in Compton and you decide that you want to change this, give me a call and we'll get together, and I can exactly tell you how we can do this and change the legalization policies in the city of Compton and any other city where it's not legal. But people in Compton can be operating under MRSA. It's SB 420 
and I talked about that earlier. If anyone wants information on that, if any of the shop owners that are operating illegally in your city and you know you don't have an ordinance, call me and I'll tell you how to do it legally. Okay, that's one of the things I do do. I assist with people in this industry um, to get the information and to operate legally so that you don't get raided um, like I did. But even if I was operating a legal shop, it still happened to me. So again, it can happen to anyone. Um, so go ahead, Tony. No, that's great that you're, I wanted to touch on that point. It's great yeah. that you're actually have the, you're offering these services to people in yeah. the community to help them because I think the disconnect has been is that there hasn't been anyone on that platform or someone who's really willing to help. You know, some people just don't have the right paperwork. Some people just don't have the right support system. Some people just don't have enough financials. It could be anything. But I definitely think by having you there as the voice of the people to at least try to gear guide them in the right direction yeah. as far as getting their you know dispensary legal or at least starting the process or whatever that's 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 amazing. And so. you know, um, Measure M and uh, which is for Los Angeles, and we have Prop sixty four, which is mm -hmm. the, the state legalization. Mm -hmm. You know what they did when they created the social equity program city of Los Angeles. And by the way, there is actually a social equity program that was just signed. Um, it's a bill, I believe it's 1294 that was just signed by our um, current governor, not the new one, but the current governor, um, Brown. And it was actually authored by um, Senator Stephen Bradford. And it allows um, the state to have a social equity we, we're going to look more into that because I'm actually supposed to be speaking with uh, Senator Bradford because I have a lot of information on this this uh, program that he has implemented and, and was just signed by the governor. So that will allow you to um, have a social equity program for the state, not just for each city. Oh, okay. There's also an advisory board for the state of California, um, Cannabis Advisory Board, they were trying to do something for the entire state of California as far as social equity. And the chair for the um, advisory board for uh, social equity is James Nate. He's one of the advisory board members for the state of California for cannabis. So this is additional information that we will be giving you if you are looking to get into this industry or looking to change policies and procedures and laws in your city. Let us know, um, and we can guide you and give you information on, on how you can do that. We can contact your local city officials, which is what you would have to do to get this done. Uh, again, we have a lot of information to talk about, a lot of information to give our listeners. Um, as you subscribe to My Cannabis Me podcast, you will hear that we have information that no one else is giving you. And unfortunately, for our community, that's a big problem. But fortunately, I'm here to do that for you. Okay. So um, uh, we want to get other information from mm -hmm. Tony. Tony's going to be visiting the other shops. Mm -hmm. um, we're going to make sure that the shops that she visits are legal. One of the things that I want to say is that she said that she went to Avalon 25 Cap and she did ask, is this a legal shop? And he said yes. Now, that's a problem. Because when you're given that information from the shop themselves and they're giving you inaccurate information or just blatantly lying to you, that's another issue. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm actually going to contact 
shop and ask them and tell them that we did a review um, and let people know that you made a good shop. But if they do want to become legal, we should do something to get them legal. Yep. And that's what social equity is really all about. It was really designed to get people that had been in this industry, again, affected by the war on drugs, to be able to have a legal business in this space. And again, we're talking about a multi-billion dollar business. If you look online, you'll see something that says that this is going to be a trillion dollar business. Not multi-billion, trillion dollar business is what they're looking at. And believe me, it is true. We know that Canada just legalized um, cannabis in their country. I believe it was October the 18th. Mm -hmm. Um, So again, this is something that's global. We're not just talking about something on a national level. This is global, and this is not going anywhere. Cannabis is a business that has been here for a long time, not as a business as it is now, but it's been in um, the world for hundreds and hundreds of years. I don't think people realize that cannabis became illegal in 1937. Prior to 1937, cannabis was... Uh, it was not illegal. Yeah. It was legal yeah. in our country. Mm-hmm. There were doctors that were prescri- prescribing cannabis. Yes. Um, it was used as a medicine, as it is mm-hmm. now. So that's something that we need to understand. We need to. Our community needs to be educated, first and foremost, on this industry. And that's what I'm here to do. Yes. So I want to thank everyone for tuning in today to My Kind of View podcast. Again, we want you to subscribe. We're going to give you our Facebook information, um, Instagram information, and we'll give you a way that you can text us or contact us to, you know, if you have any questions or you need any help, you can let us know. Okay? So we're going to um, we're gonna say goodbye for today, and we'll be back. Say bye, Tony. Goodbye. And guys, remember, it's all about quality. It's all about consistency. And above all, it's about love. Information. Yeah, we want you. We want everyone to be informed. We want you to be educated. Yes. If whether you're a business owner or a consumer Mm -hmm. or just a community member that wants to know what's going on in this industry, as you should know, and you should be interested. I I'm tired of seeing our people saying that they're just not interested. They don't care. What difference does it make? It makes Mm -hmm. a big difference. We have a stake in this industry, and you must. You must. Put that stake in the ground. If you do not, the doors will be closed and you will not be able to get into this industry. It will be, it will not be at the point right now, I'm kicking doors down. You will be going through mountains <laughs> to try to get into this industry. So that's why I'm educating you. And again, just as a community member, you should know what's going on. Okay? So um, we welcome you to the next show that we're going to be doing. Again, my kind of view podcast and we want you to subscribe thank you thank you